Mitch Show. It's MC007. Uh, it's Wonderful World, hey. you know how we do. do, do, do. <laughs> how are you, bro? <laughs> I am good. I'm a good. whopper. <laughs> You're a whopper? <laughs> That's my new word for the week. Oh, whopper's your word for the week? <laughs> yeah, I, I went from bopper last week to whopper. <laughs> <laughs> We've upgraded. <laughs> how are you doing? How's the island? Yeah, it's good, bro. It's pretty cold, getting used to bigger jumpers and more often, but... It's good, man. Mm. I, I mean, we've talked about this heaps. I've never worn a four three, let alone owned one and gotten into it every day. So it's been um, an adjustment in the rubber area, but we're good. Mm. We're thriving. <laughs> can I, can I ask? Are you a booty boy? I did. Are you kidding me? You have to be a booty boy. I'm also a hood boy down here because I hate brain freezers. Oh, wow. Yeah, I haven't worn it too much yet. I actually haven't worn it once yet. But it's coming into <laughs> it's coming into hood region. Where I'm gonna have to start oh, wearing sorry, the hood. But you just went from everyone's a hoodie boy. I'm a hoodie boy. <laughs> I haven't worn it. I haven't. I haven't worn it much. So I haven't worn it at all. Okay, but hang on. <laughs> in a space of thirty seconds. Hang on, but you said am I a booty boy? I'm definitely a booty boy, and the booty hood will come life. out soon. I'm just saying it's cold. Mm. I guess. <laughs> Oi, I just got a shout out to all the other booty boys out there. You know who we're talking about. <laughs> I've had some had some combos at CS South Coast New South Wales camp, and a lot of lot of the crew are booty boys. So we're growing in numbers. Yeah. So everyone better watch out. Well, I know <laughs> you, over. I know we're gonna have a strong following down here in Vic with the booty boys too, because there's a few of us. <laughs> Maybe the booty boys are pl- taking over, taking over the lineup. Well, it's bound to happen, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, we got an exciting combo today. We got Sam from Tier Fund, bro. He's going to be talking to us all about the new partnership with CS and Tier Fund. We actually had the privilege of sharing a room with him, Mitch, and we maybe uh, traumatized him a bit with a big share shower with a whole bunch of lads after the paddle out morning. Uh, and being in the same room with us, you know, feel sorry for the bloke. He was seeing us in some funny costumes and tutus and the like. But anyway, it's a good convo up ahead. Um, I'm keen for it. He's such a lovely bloke. I'm keen and uh, let's get into it. Yeah. Oh, we got two Sam's. Oh, true. Sam squared today. Sam, it's so good to have you with us. Thank you. Lovely to uh, to join the Swell Times podcast this morning. Thanks for having me, bro. Well, we um we go way back with you, man. We um we had a bit of a baptism by fire in the in the showers with you at Gatho, and you had the experience of sharing a room with us and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> seeing us walk around in tutus and makeup and whatever for the emceeing role. Talk about the deep end. <laughs> Yeah, wow, what an introduction. Just to uh, verify, uh, we were in wetsuits in the shower. <laughs> yeah, okay, good, thanks. It was an open shower, um, and it was about minus 10 on a Sunday morning, Easter Sunday, might add. For a good cause. How was your experience? Yeah, that was my first ever um, introduction or experience of Christian surfers. One I'll never forget. I think I, I think I said to you guys over the weekend down there in Hobart that... Um, you usually encounter surfers in like small packs, like maybe two or three hanging out at the cafe or the bakery after a, after a surf. Um, but to walk into a room where there was, you know, 200 plus surfers from all over Australia, there's just, that's a kind of energy that you don't see or feel anywhere else. And so, yeah, it was quite unique. It was very raw. There was a lot of passion. There was lots of bare feet. <laughs> Classic. It was an amazing weekend. I really enjoyed my time um, connecting with with everybody down there in Hobart. Is it is it what you expected or just... Uh, I don't know what I expected. I thought I'd get more waves, to be honest. Uh, I was only there for uh, two and a half days and I missed, I flew out the morning, the Monday morning where the epic swell hit and everybody was frothing. Yeah, I didn't think my only surf would be uh, the Sunday morning, um, minus 10 or minus 20 standing at the boat (laughs) ramp. (laughs) No. Was that your only time in the water? No. Yeah, it was. Oh, that's it just amazing. means I'll have to come back next year. Uh, the Sunshine Coast. That sounds really nice. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> There's no way in Sunshine Coast. I think that's what happened. John and Bailey <laughs> stitched me up and uh, got me down there. Promised uh, these epic waves, perfect point breaks, and uh, I've got the boat ramp. <laughs> 
got, but you got the boat, boat ramp. ramp firing and as packed as it'll ever get. 200 people out the boat ramp. <laughs> the only waves are from the wake of like 200 people paddling out in front of you. And then so paddling good. back, racing to the showers. The real question remains, why did you say yes to this podcast after that experience? <laughs> True. I, I'm questioning that right now as well. Um, no, I thought it would be a good opportunity to, uh, to connect again with the CS community and uh, share a little bit more about Tier Fund and the rubbish campaign, which we can get to um, a bit later on. But yeah, how could I pass up, you know, 45 minutes with you guys on Zoom? <laughs> hey, Sam, to get to know you a bit more, do you have any funny, cool stories of like a surf story, maybe a, I don't know, an international surf story of you getting slammed, heard kangoo throws hard? Kangoo. <laughs> Like you set that up as if you don't know, but you, yeah, you know, you know exactly the story. Um, yeah, so uh, to get to know me, um, yeah, so I'm a uh, an average surfer at best. I grew up bodyboarding, um, uh, inspired by the Tension video series. Do you guys remember? So that? good. Eventually made the the switch. Thank God. Uh, at about seventeen, eighteen, and uh, have loved it since. No, no shade on the bodyboarders. I still still grab a lid every now and then, but. Yeah, I ended up, uh, I was on a surf trip with uh, some guys in Bali, which is like a rite of passage. Who hasn't been to Bali on a surf trip? I, do you know, I actually haven't. <laughs> I haven't yet, but what? I'm going in two weeks. <laughs> I haven't been to Bali and surfed it. Really? So that was a big, yeah, that was a call out. <laughs> oh. Gotcha. But yeah. I was over there and uh, with a few mates and yeah, we had an epic time. Um, Bali's so much fun. It's the best place to chill and also there's waves everywhere. Yeah. And literally the last surf of the whole trip, catching up with a buddy who lives there. He's a really good surfer. Changu is like, it's not even a good day. It's like shoulder high, head high and um we're just chilling out there got a few ways we're like should we go get some lunch um let's get some food they've got all the beach cafes and and so just as we make that call let's go in final surf i fly home the next morning just as we make the call we're hungry let's go get some food this set appears out of nowhere and we're kind of like just chilling we've been chatting and just floating around lost our bearings a bit and then so we turn around the sets are coming towards us and um it just explodes on me i'm in the impact zone i try to duck dive this thing throws me upside down and uh, i slam on the bottom hoard like straight into my forehead um, oh. um i'm underneath just trying to make sense of what's going on which way's up i finally surface and i look at my board and it's just like mangled i've got this huge crease across the nose and then all of a sudden I like start feeling like something trickling down my face and I have this egg the size of a melon on my forehead and I'm like touching it. It's like a crater already. And I just look at my mate and he's like, oh my God, what just happened? And uh, so I paddle in and get in and I've just got this massive, massive egg on my head. I'm... I don't know, borderline concussed, blood coming down my face and my board was absolutely ruined. And yeah, that was the last wave oh. I got in Bali. Flew home the next morning. Everybody's looking at me at the airport. Like what happened to this poor bloke? <laughs> I can just imagine the stories like, oh bro, what did you do? And you're just thinking like, yeah, eight foot all the water. And then you have to come out with um, one and a half foot Changu beach break. <laughs> Bah, that's impressive. You creased your board with your forehead. Like, yeah. that's, that's, that's hard to do. Mm. Yeah, it's hard to do. Something yeah. I don't advise. That board was done. <laughs> so good. I saw it was only on our last podcast. We were talking about freak sets and they'll get you. They get you every time. Ruined me. Ruined me. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's uh, about all I could share around my surf career. Um, that's the highlight right there. <laughs> <laughs> the highlight reel and the boat ramp ah the boat ramp so who apart from boat ramp surfer and chungu head basher board breaker who's sam <laughs> <laughs> what what does he do yeah so i i'm based in sydney grew up in sydney i have a uh, history or um experience working in pastoral ministry actually for 12 years working for a church and 
um, youth ministry, young adults, and then uh, was yeah running a church. And yeah, took some time off last year and that was awesome. My wife and I traveled. She's from California. We've been married eight years. And yeah. Um, yeah, we kind of spent the year traveling and it was awesome, really, really refreshing time. And then came back and um, applied for this job with an organization called Tier Fund. Um, who have been around in Australia for 50 plus years. And yeah, I uh, got this new role and came back from my my travel. Uh, and my, yeah, my focus on my, my role is church and community engagement for New South Wales. And so I'm a part of a team uh, that helps connect with um, churches and faith-based community groups um, supporters all over Australia in every state. Um, yeah. And we essentially, we are encouraging, supporting, uh, people on their discipleship journey and helping them understand what justice biblically shaped justice might have to do with that and how, uh, that is a big part of what Jesus has called us to. And so, um, yeah, that's a bit about me and my role and, um, an introduction to to Tier Fund and and who they are. They're a phenomenal organization and me doing so many meaningful things, um, so many beautiful partnerships around the world where they're helping people in really vulnerable uh, communities um, faced with extreme poverty. And yeah, we work in partnership to support uh, communities and people groups in their really difficult parts of the world, help them build sustainable long-term projects that are going to get their community out of poverty. And yeah, so many cool stories, but uh, yeah, that's a bit about me guys. Whoa. What a man. My goodness. What a man. You're hired. Dude, that's cool. I hadn't heard the whole scope of what tier fund actually do. So that was really cool. Getting a little uh, snapshot of yeah, who they are and who, what you guys represent. That's crazy. It sounds like it's more of a what don't you guys do sort of thing. You've maybe been involved in a few mission trips and such? I haven't yet, unfortunately. Um, okay. uh, yeah, hoping hoping to do that because, you know, it's such an important part of what we get to share is, is these experiences with these amazing partners abroad. So I, I guess just to clarify, TFM work in partnership um, in the hard places. And so, yeah, we really feel called to follow Jesus uh, where the need is greatest. Uh, it's one of the things we say internally a lot. And yeah, so we we find ourselves in really complex parts of the world where uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of poverty, as I said, there's a lot of conflict. There can be uh, lots of issues related to climate uh, disruption. And so, um, yeah, we intentionally seek out those areas. And so uh, we work in partnership in currently we're in Africa, Asia and through Asia Pacific. Yeah, partnership's a big word that we throw around a lot as well. Um, we're really intentional about that, that it's not us sending people in uh, to establish projects and come and save the day. But um, yeah, we actually just want to come alongside local community groups, churches in these um, difficult parts of the world and support them and their ideas for long-term change and community transformation. So, um, yeah, we really see ourselves as somebody who stands behind uh, the the partner and supports them, that they're the one in the spotlight, that they're the one, you know, making uh, making the, the impact, um, that they're the one organizing and bringing change to their community. And we're just there helping in whatever way that we can, whether it's resource, whether it's uh, training, whether it's um, yeah, some kind of offering that um, that we bring uh, to the partnership that they don't otherwise have, and yeah, that results in projects all over the world and in these really difficult parts that that reflect the community, reflect the people that they're helping. That's amazing. That's such a beautiful way to kind of go about it, rather than just you know, we're the we're Superman, we're the heroes, we'll save the day. I love that. Mm that's unbelievable like the scope mm. and the work you guys do um but obviously you have i remember specifically about the trees because i was frothing i wanted to plant a tree <laughs> so you do a lot of stuff with climate as well as what you just spoke about yeah um yeah we do because uh climate is such a big piece of the conversation uh in terms of uh, the impact on these communities and also when we talk about justice 
climate really is um, yeah part of the conversation that you can't avoid. The uh, reality is that uh, because of things like plastic pollution, um, because of yeah things that the I guess the the Western world uh, largely is producing, the impact of that is uh, really having huge disruptive impacts on the environment, the climate all over the world and. I mean, how many books and documentaries and news articles have there been about climate change? And yeah, the data's there and the the impact is on, uh, for the most part, on vulnerable communities. And so plastic pollution is created by these huge organizations, global companies that don't have certain measures or uh, aren't accountable for what they're producing and how it's going out into the world. The reality is that most plastic that's produced is only designed to be used once. And and so what do you do with that? And you end up with all this plastic, all this pollution uh, that is filling waterways, that is damaging animals and uh, in the sea and on land. And the result is this, this knock-on effect, this, this consequential process where people in vulnerable communities who don't have the means to to get rid of the rubbish or dispose of it in a healthy way, end up with the only choice is to to throw it, to create a big uh, rubbish pile, to burn it off. Um, and what ends up happening is that that causes so many other effects to their health, to their well-being, uh, to their waterways. And so you have this real systemic um, issue uh, in terms of climate, in terms of pollution, where because of the things that we're producing, I'm speaking, you know, humanity um, globally because of the things that we're producing. Uh, it's affecting the climate that we inhabit. Uh, you and I living in Australia aren't exposed to the uh, the reality of uh, the impact of, of that pollution. We, you know, in Sydney, the streets are clean, the water's, you know, pretty, pretty well looked after. We have these recycle projects and things going on in our community, but... Uh, other parts of the world aren't so fortunate um, and don't have the uh, the means to be able to do so, and and so that's where the justice thing comes in, is because you know we're partaking in it, but not suffering the same consequences as others who are less fortunate. And so, mm. yeah, that's why we talk about climate care and our response as Christians. That's the other thing is that we have this understanding uh, through our our biblical worldview, our faith that. God has given us uh, this world to inhabit, to enjoy, and to steward. And so it's it's so integral to our faith that our response in the way that we live and what we example, what we advocate for is to look after our world and to look after people. Mm. Huge. Mm, so good. Far out, bro. There's so much in that. Hey, I love it. I, I could just sit and listen and what can I what can I sign my name on to what you guys are doing <laughs> sounds like you're doing some awesome stuff to yeah prevent and support and yeah oh my gosh you're so right like the climate all the climate stuff is an issue that needs to be dealt with and acted on so it's so sick to hear that you guys are doing so much proactive work in those areas i'd love to know sam how you got into that and your faith journey into it you sort of mentioned a bit about you've come from a church background and doing some pastoral work i'd love to know a bit about your story and how god's led you into where you're at now yeah yeah absolutely yeah it's been such an interesting journey i grew up in in church and youth and young adults and I have actually been uh, talking to Gemma, who's part of your team. Mm. She's awesome. And she's putting together a little article to go along with this podcast, I believe, for um, the journal. And was sharing with her a bit of my my journey through youth and young adults. And just as a teenager, home life was a little bit challenging. And then, like you guys said, all weekend at the gathering, you found your tribe. Um, that's really what uh, that season of life represented for me uh, in the youth ministry that I ended up finding myself in. It was just this tribe that I needed, uh, this tribe of support, this tribe of encouragement, and this tribe ultimately that as I was questioning life and God and how does all of this make sense, I saw in my mates this different spirit, this different outlook on life that you know, I really was drawn to. And, um, and you know, I, I was to discover in time that that was um, largely because of Jesus and the way that Jesus had impacted their life and 
um, and change them. And so, yeah, I too started this journey with, with Jesus and grew up in this, this youth ministry, young adults ministry, and just wanted to give back and help. And so I was serving, volunteering, and then eventually went to Bible college and only ever saw myself uh, doing church and pastoring. I really felt called to kind of be in that space and that, um, that vocation. And so started in youth ministry and then eventually ended up, I was running a, a church campus, um, which is awesome, beautiful experience and thought I'd do that for the rest of my life. And then felt like God kind of tapped me on the shoulder and really um, there's lots of things going on, but um, felt to step out in faith again. And this guy I work with, Michael, had started this group in Sydney because there's a lot of social justice stuff going on. And it was a really volatile time, like in the world, it was like COVID, Black Lives Matter had just happened, still implications of that um, since. Yeah, there's just so many things happening. The climate conversation was becoming more and more prevalent. We decided it would be really beneficial to create a group, uh, an ecumenical group of pastors and leaders that come from different churches, could come together every so often, have dinner and talk about issues of justice and learn from one another. We could invite people in to share on different topics um, and really just create this safe learning space where, yeah, hopefully we could go on a journey of, of understanding biblical justice and, you know, in our context of ministry and where we were, all these different people in different industries and different spheres of life, how could we learn and educate ourselves, listen, and then hopefully respond in ways that align to the justice mission that Jesus has called us on. And so I was involved in that for a couple of years as a volunteer. Me and my wife would just go to these dinners and it was awesome. And then end up, yeah, on this trip, a bit of a sabbatical and the end of it came back and this job was open. There was an opportunity to apply and yeah, I guess that space had been a real safe place for me as a pastor to learn and grow. And then coming back and at this point in my life, there was this opportunity to step into a role where I could now hopefully create those conversations and those safe places of learning for others. And so that was a bit of my journey to Tear Fund and why I'm here is just because I feel like the justice conversation um, is not something that should be peripheral to our faith or our works, but justice really is such a central factor of what we are called to be about as as believers. Uh, it's our response uh, to the world, uh, to the broken, to the hurting. Jesus spoke so often about uh, the widows, the orphans, the children. I see this on my role. I see what Tear Fund does, their, their work, their values, their DNA as largely giving back or creating that safe space to talk about justice and then respond to these issues of injustice around the world in ways that uh, create a better future for those who need it. Whoa. That's incredible. I'm super curious about the group you started, Sam, to dive into that. Obviously, like lots of different people, lots of different views. Some of these topics can be almost controversial in a way different views on like how to go about it i love the first step that you're saying is just gain knowledge oh it's always easy just to like oh this is wrong or this is right and this is what we should do but i love that idea of just gaining knowledge learning how have you seen it done well if there is different ideas or conflict where do you ground yourself with performing justice yeah it's a big question I, I don't know if I have the one-size-fits-all answer to that question. There's so many sensitivities to these topics, like you're saying. And granted, everybody grows up different as well. We all bring a different perspective, a life experience, conditioning to the conversation. Whatever the, the social justice issue is, we're all coming at it from a different perspective because of the way that we've been raised, our beliefs. You're starting at a place of different views, um, contrasting views. I guess I can just reflect upon my experience that, yeah, creating these these spaces where safety is is something that's valued, where confidentiality is something that's valued, where there's mutual respect, has been really important for the the type of of sharing, the type of questions, the type of dialogue that you can have with others when those things are at play. I also just think as well that as a starting point to those conversations, that's that going in as a learner is is such an important step that, yeah, I might know a thing or two or, or have an experience or have an opinion, but I don't know everything. And my intent uh, more often than not should be to just listen, listen deeply, ask questions, 
as a way of connecting, as a way of growing. And ultimately we want to find that place of, of unity. We want to find that place of harmony with one another. And that might not happen over one meal, but as we practice those things of respect, of love, of listening, I think what begins to happen is our, our perspective broadens and we start to see things from different angles. Yeah, I think that's where truth starts to come in and our responses start to get formed and we start to yeah, understand things uh, a bit clearer and, and the way forward becomes apparent. But but listening so key and listening to those that aren't like you, it's it's easy to to listen to somebody that grew up on the same street as me, had the same privilege as me, went to the same school as me. But what's really important, and I think what we see in the example of Jesus is just this, um, yeah, this, this real intention to model that everybody has a story and there's, there's a dignity in every single person. Yeah, there is this real value in listening to where somebody's come from, what they've lived through and learning from that. That's huge. That's such good advice for people in general when they're dealing with anything issue related or conflict related. You're so right. People come from different backgrounds and stories and perspectives. They hold different passions and views. And what you're saying so right. When you come in with a, a learned posture, you're setting yourself up for a bit more of a win in that interaction with whatever you're dealing with. I think you'd be such a good person in a conflict because you're so gentle and calm and What's your, you've touched on tier fund as a whole and you've given us a snapshot, but can we zoom in a bit to what your role is and what exactly it is that you do? Yeah, as I said, I am on a team called the Church and Community Engagement Team. And yeah, we operate within Australia. So we do have an international programs team. They're these brilliant, gifted people on on uh, our team at Tier Fund. Yeah, they travel quite extensively and they stay in touch with our partners throughout the year and they all oversee certain regions where our partnerships are, are represented. And so they're amazing and that's our international programs team. I'm a part of the Australian programs team and we do have connection and overlap and we work together but largely our focus is on the journey of justice that the church and faith-based community groups are going on. Uh, and so we're yeah trying to create resources and education and yeah ways in which people can engage with that, that interest, that passion and go on a journey of justice, which looks like so many different things, man. We've got supporters that have been yeah, Tiffon's been around for 50 years. There'd be supporters that have been around since day dot. But then there's, yeah, a, a huge community of supporters that have come on the journey at some point, uh, receive emails from us, communication. There's supporters that, that give towards different things that we are giving money towards or fundraising for. Uh, there's supporters that that come to some of the events that we, we host. Uh, there's local action groups. So they're all over Australia, these local action groups where just a volunteer who's connected with Tier Fund has said, yep, I'm passionate about this. And they've gathered some friends or some people from their church and we give them some resources and they talk about justice, go on a journey with the group. Sometimes it looks like them going to meet with their local member of parliament and saying, hey, what are we doing about recycling in our, our area, our community or homelessness is a big issue. What are we doing to respond to that? Many different things. But yeah, sometimes it does look like a bit of advocacy work as well. Yeah, it can look different, um, but my role is also a partnership role too. I'm partnering with churches and these community groups and not so much telling them what they need, but just listening and then responding to, to what they want and where they're at in terms of their next steps of that journey of justice. At Gather, you're talking about Tier Fund and CS having a little partnership. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that and what the future might look like? Yeah, absolutely. The Gather in Hobart... That kind of marked the beginning of a whole lot of conversations that have been happening between Tier Fund, a guy on our team who helps with advocacy named Tim Johnson and John O'Bailey have been been talking for a, a little while. And Elise as well have been involved in the conversations, really integral in, I guess, establishing what we were able to announce and tell everybody at Gathering was that, yeah, there's this official partnership um, between CS and Tier Fund now, which is really exciting. And it's based around the rubbish campaign, which we spoke about. And we had the the, the moment or the opportunity uh, at gathering to jump on the, the little QR code, which I was, I was talking about. And then also I think Jono sent an email after 
uh, gathering to everybody with the opportunity still. If you haven't had the chance to sign the petition, you can. It's still online at TFUN and maybe we can link to it with the the notes. But essentially, we were we were beginning then this, this partnership, which looks like, yeah, a, a real mutual interest around this, this rubbish campaign that has surfaced, that there is this, this value or this care. It's instinctive that we, we love the world that we're in. We love the ocean. We care about the condition of it. We care about pollution. We don't want polluted waterways or oceans. But then also as Christians, we care about the vulnerable, the hurting, the needy. And so, yeah, there's this real mutual connection point in terms of what the campaign represents and what we're responding to. And so, yeah, as I described, this this rubbish campaign is uh, a real opportune uh, moment of time. There's a lot going on globally that we're trying to maximize. Yeah, this this window or this this opportunity that's presented itself right now and the way in which we see yeah, ourselves maximizing the opportunity is to raise as much awareness as possible, get as many supporters, as many um, signatures on that petition, as many people voicing uh, their concern about rubbish and plastic pollution around the world as possible. And so what's happening big picture is that in 2019, there was this response and this call upon the top four plastic polluters in the world. There was this campaign against them to have accountability, reporting, to lower their plastic pollution. And the campaign was incredibly successful. Tier Fund and many other agencies were all calling for change uh, that resulted in over 50,000 lifestyle actions and petition signups around the world. And then resulted in these four companies, the largest plastic polluters in the world, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Unilever, and Nestle, all four of them, uh, as a result of the campaign, responded and uh, put in measures that weren't uh, prior in place. And so that made a really big difference. But what's happened since is obviously plastic is just produced at uh, such alarming rates, it's increased uh, through other means and other organizations. And so there's this real critical moment where there's so much pollution around the world, one in four people, which is just a staggering stat. One in four people on planet earth don't have a safe way of disposing of rubbish, which as we described earlier, um, means that they're burning off or it's going Uh, into a rubbish pile that has a whole lot of other consequential effects to their health, to the community, to their well-being, um, just becomes this this snowball problem for these communities that don't have a way out. Largely, they're not the ones producing it. (laughs) It's uh, a warehouse or an organization in another part of the world, and they're not the ones consuming it, but it's a real big problem. And so the opportunity is that, that governments have been meeting the UN has has called this big uh, climate meeting. And so over um, the course of the next couple of years, there's going to be these meetups and they're titled the INC meetings and they're happening a few times throughout the year. And there's 170 plus countries that have signed on to be a part of the conversation. And what they're developing is a legally binding treaty. And so that would put in place measures that countries legally have to adhere to in terms of plastic pollution and production and the rubbish that that we're producing and the ways in which we deal with it. And so that would be a phenomenal outcome if at the end of the conversations that there is this legally binding treaty, not a voluntary one, uh, but, but legally so that all organizations have to adhere to it. That would have huge impact on these communities that otherwise don't have a way to deal with the rubbish problem. And so yeah, that's that's the opportunity that we have right now. That's why we're raising a lot of awareness because we want the church and Christian groups to voice their concern to our members of parliament, which is what we're doing with the petition. We're taking it to our environmental minister who is sitting at that table in those conversations. And we're essentially raising our voice to our minister saying, hey, this is a concern of ours. We want you on behalf of Australia, on behalf of the people that you represent to tell them that this is an issue. This is something we're passionate about, a concern of ours. We want a legally binding treaty. And so that's why it's so important that we get as many signups as possible to the petition. And as the campaign continues, have as much noise and response and uh, community action as possible. 
It's amazing. Wow. It's such an important cause. Mm. I love the previous conversation about this gain knowledge and then make action on that with a learning perspective. I had no idea one in four people didn't know how to dispose of rubbish. You just take it for granted in Australia. You just pop it in the bin and it goes magically. Yeah, was that stat, Sam, sorry to interrupt, Mitch, was that stat one in four didn't actually have a way to dispose of it or they didn't they know They don't have how. a safe way of disposing yeah. um, of, of their rubbish, which just means that there, there aren't the systems in place for them to, to get rid of the rubbish uh, in a safe right. way, which is mind-blowing for us, but is the reality for, for so many people and something we ought to consider um, mm. that, that we actually do have within ourselves and when we group together, when we form these kind of partnerships, we do have a capacity to be able to um, make change for those who aren't in a position to make change for themselves currently. And in terms of like gaining knowledge, because I know I've been very naive to this aspect before a trip I got to go on a couple of years ago. But so obviously we can, everyone can sign the petition, have make some noise, have some conversation. But what are some other ways like we can support Tier Fund or even more generally, how do we be more careful with what we use and yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's some brilliant resources on our website. If anybody's interested and, and listening to this, you can just jump on tierfund.org.au. Awesome resources on there for anybody that would want to consider, hey, I've signed the petition, what now? And that could look like, yeah, lifestyle changes, considering the ways in which yeah, plastic is a part of your day-to-day for all of us. Every person, you know, to some degree is susceptible or is involved with plastic. Um, everything, for the most part, is mass-produced with plastic. And so maybe opening your fridge or your cupboard and just doing a bit of a, a stock take. What are things in here that are made of plastic that, you know, I might not need to purchase? Or are there other options to buying single-use plastic water bottles? Is, the, is there other ways like, you know, keep cups and, you know, refillable water bottles and that? It's a great start. Really simple, really easy lifestyle change that, that most people would be in a position to be able to action. And then there's many other things and these resources on our website will give information around that. I wanted to mention that Plastic Free July is is a great next step for, for people if they're considering. That is a, a campaign that's been running for many years around the world. And Tier Fund is a part of that. We sign on to that and uh, encourage our supporters to, to be a part of it. And we're doing so this year as well. You know, it's an opportunity for an individual or a group. Could be a CS mission or yeah, one of the groups around Australia just to, to kind of think, hey, should we do this together? Should we uh, try and go Plastic Free July and just see if we can decrease our, our usage of plastic or eradicate it at all? Let's just really, um, yeah, I, I mean, give ourselves a test and a challenge like can we go a whole month without using plastic that little campaign or moment is just a way again of raising awareness and trying to get a whole lot of people to action something that hopefully have a knock-on effect in terms of lifestyle habits in terms of conversations in terms of awareness or advocacy at a bigger level the resources online plastic free july considering your own lifestyle habits and ways in which that could change. And then also, like if there's further questions, I, I'd be happy to connect with any of the CS community. Feel free to reach out. My email is samuel.fagan at tierfund.org.au. I mean, as I said, that's what I'm here for is to connect with, with people who are interested in this stuff and support them on that journey. There's so many practical ways to go about helping this cause and um, it is obviously an issue that needs to be talked about. But I'm a victim to it too sometimes. You know, when people bring up like, you know, I'll pick your rubbish up or put it in the right bin or whatever. It's like, it's somewhat like joked about almost the culture of it or the language around it needs to be shifted as well. Like it's not just something that's like, oh yeah, three for the sea, like save the turtles, you know, joke about it and not really act on it, but that there actually needs to be like a, a culture shift or a language shift in how we talk about it, that it is actually an issue. And uh, yeah, disposing of what you have correctly and really actually thinking about it. And this is not one of those... Oh, this is actually one of those issues that you could see it as a big picture and go, well, I got nothing to do with that because it's so removed from me. Like what's me just not using a keep cup this week going to do? But it does actually make a difference, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. 
it makes me think about a story I shared in the the article with Gemma, a pastor in Brazil, a guy that we're we're partnered with. Uh, his name's Josias. Yeah, he runs his church in Brazil in a, a state that's like up north on the coast. Unfortunately, tragically, they they started having these floodings in their community, which resulted in hundreds of people dying and thousands of people being forced out of their homes. Like it was it was really severe. Um, that their waterways would just flood over. But it was because there's so much rubbish in the waterways. It's so tragic, something that's avoidable, and yet um, people mm. died and people are forced out of their home and lives are disrupted in really, really challenging ways. And so he decided that as a church that they're going to take a stand. And we've got his story online as well, and I, I talk about it in the article. But, yeah, that they were going to make a stand, and so that looked like for them individually thinking about their lifestyle and the way that they're contributing to that problem in their community. It looked like as a church making a commitment that, Hey, we're going to, we're going to be a waste free church. We're going to like reduce and and be a zero waste church. We're going to figure out um, the metrics and the systems that we need to put into place to, to create that kind of, that kind of zero output. You know, that took time. That wasn't like an instant thing, but that was a journey that they went on. And then the the other thing which they they started doing was advocating or lobbying the government saying, hey, this is not okay, that there's all this rubbish in our waterways, that this can't be healthy, this can't be long-term or sustainable. We're seeing the consequences of it already. Something needs to change. And so they involved themselves in that conversation at a community level, a regional level with the, the change makers, the decision makers, and started to influence that conversation. And so I think that's a great example of just seeing the individual responsibility, uh, the communal responsibility, and then the uh, the governmental responsibility and how we can can affect it, can influence it. And yes, you're right, Sam, the the actions that we take or disposing of our rubbish in the right bins is can seem quite small and minute, but um, seen within that that holistic picture of like this is one part of many parts uh, or many areas in which I'm involved, um, yeah, is I think a way forward is it's not just one of those things. It's all of those things painting this picture of like a, a response to our world, a response of another way, a response of care and love for those that that are vulnerable. So yeah, we need to dispose of our rubbish in the right bin. We need to reduce our plastic consumption, but we also need to think about what groups can we rally and who are our members of parliament or the decision makers and how can we get in front of them? How can we influence them? How can we tell them what we care about so that they can represent us? Because ultimately members of parliament, they're there to represent us. <laughs> um, my local member is a representative of me and and the community that I live in, and so he should know. Mm. They should. She should know what I care about. It's one of those things that you go obviously, but then you think about it and you go, that wasn't so obvious to me. Like I definitely haven't thought. It was just a good reminder to hear. Like actually, yeah, my local member needs to hear what I think <laughs> is important. <laughs> I never thought about that. <laughs> That's the cool thing about what we're doing mm. with CS and the partnership we've created. And that's the energy or that's the momentum that you can find in a, a group that has a common concern um, mm. that when we come together, it's not just one of us knocking on the member of parliament's door. It's no, no, no. We've signed a petition now and there's 3,500 names on that petition. And we're taking that to our minister saying, hey, there's a lot of people that care about this stuff. And uh, we want you to know these are the values. These are the concerns. This is what uh, your constituents want. This is how we want you to represent us at that global level, at that national level, at that regional level. These are the changes we want to see. Um, so that's that's the power of a group doing something together, which is why we're, you know, at Tier Fund really honoured and excited about the partnership with CS. Such a little light bulb moment. Yeah, but both of us just went silent for a second there, eh? <laughs> it sounds like such a natural um, partnership as well, Sam, doesn't it? Like Christian surfers, we love um, truth and we follow Jesus and we spend a lot of time in the ocean and Tier Fund for you guys being standing in the middle and finding that justice and trying to seek a way forward with resource and and partner partnership and support like it sounds like such a natural partnership for tier fund and cs just to be in it together fighting for this same cause it's awesome i'm glad you're with us i'm glad we made this connection 
it's very mutual yeah also glad we shared a room at gather that was a highlight (laughs) (laughs) oh i could tell you some stories about mitch and his sleep habits (laughs) (laughs) but unfortunately we're out of time well we're out of time yeah Yeah, just uh as i said if anybody's interested or has questions feel free to reach out and connect the tfun website as well is just stocked with so many resources and really helpful stuff for people who are maybe taking their first step in this journey of, of, you know, how can I be involved or make changes? And maybe, maybe also it'd be good for me just to say that, you know, um, it's really unrealistic for yeah people to hear this and think, Oh my gosh, I've got to change my whole life. Like that's what Sam's telling me to do. Or that's, you know, that's what I need. Like no one's saying that. And that's unrealistic. It, it's really just about like, um, being observant and and starting with like one small step in the right direction and then once you get that you add another and um and then you find yourself in a group and and there's shared interest and you're learning and growing it's just those little steps or those curiosities and following that and in, in the direction of this and so yeah be encouraged that wherever you're at there's there's a small step that you can make today and and uh, it's not about um changing drastically overnight that's that's really difficult for for most people and so if there is an article that interests you read that or if there's a lifestyle change you can make read that if maybe the next step for you is plastic free july jump on board with it um that's amazing uh maybe it's signing the petition do that that's that's a a great action and a great outworking of our faith is advocating for those that, that can't advocate for themselves right now so my encouragement would be to just keep going on that journey of, of understanding and figuring out how justice and, and faith, how the way of Jesus that like really incorporates both of those things. They're, they're interconnected, they're intertwined. And uh, ultimately that looks like loving the world around us and the people around us. So encouraging. Oh, Matt, you've just caught Mitch in a, in a trance again. So many light bulb <laughs> moments just, are going off on him. I'm just staring at the distance, just trying to digest it all. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to, jump on tier fund jump on the website follow follow them on socials all the all the usual stuff and keep up to date with what they're doing and what cs is partnering with them can we also just throw to you sam one more time for any practically things like we can be praying for for you and you can be selfish here for you and your wife i'm sorry i don't think you've mentioned your wife's name uh, her name's cheryl Cheryl, awesome. For yourself and Cheryl, is there anything that we can back you guys as a tribe and be praying for practically? Man, thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks for asking. Yeah, prayer is such a big part of what we do at Tear Fund as well in terms of our response to so many things that just seem overwhelming and beyond us. And these are big issues we're talking about. And yeah, what a beautiful invitation that God gives us through prayer to respond in prayer. Yeah, I think what comes to mind is, yeah, this this rubbish campaign and and what we've been talking about, adding our prayer to it, that the, the communal voice, the petition and those that are interested, their passions and, and all the people that have added their amen or their voice to what we're what we're asking for with the rubbish campaign, that that ask would fall upon the right desk or would connect with the people who are making the decisions at the right time and that there'd be great favor upon um, that conversation. Um, Favor in terms of what we're asking, but ultimately favor for those who are vulnerable, who are oppressed and in really challenging circumstances around the world. And so praying for favor with, with those conversations would be great. The, the global conversation that's happening. And then the other thing I'd ask for is if the CS community could be praying for Tear Fund and our partners abroad. Man, these guys, these partners are the real heroes and they're on the ground in their local communities with, as I said, some really, really complex dynamics. There could be conflict at a national level. There could be conflict at a regional level. They're faced with a lot of poverty and a lot of like systems that aren't in their favor. How cool that they've put their hand up, that they're following God, that they're responding, that they're leading the way and trying to pioneer something new for their community. And so I think praying for those those men and women around the world, in Africa, in the Middle East and in Asia, who we're partnering with and upholding them in prayer, asking for God's protection and God's covering as they, they do his work. So good. So much to be praying for. Oh, man, I was so encouraged like about a month ago, one of the 
one of our potty listeners, absolute legend, was like, you know what I do? Whenever like there's a prayer point, I just stop the podcast, shoot it up so I don't forget. Or he writes it down and then prays for it later if you can't at the time. So if you're the praying type. Can we, can we shout out that potty legend? Yeah, it was due to late. He's a he's a champion. So yes. that was so encouraging. I think I, I met Judah. Is he uh is he a mission leader up north? Coughs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you guys are the praying type like Judah pause this right now mm. send some up or if you can't send it up later when you can and have the opportunity to um but yeah we'll all be praying mm. and yeah thanks sam for coming on the potty it's been unreal thanks for all the stuff you do mm. and tear fund and no thanks so much for having <laughs> us mitch and sam and um cs community um grateful look forward to connecting again yeah, yeah. we'll see you at the boat ramp very soon <laughs> see you at the boat ramp <laughs> <laughs> thanks sam <laughs> There you guys. Bro, what a combo. Dude. What a combo. <sighs> what a man. What a heart. What a partnership. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> what such wisdom and fire out. How soothing mm. is Sam's voice? It's awesome to know that, that CSA's partnered up with such an awesome organization that are just out with a heart to do such good and like to stand in the gap of such a Mm. you know there's so many things that they that that need working on and that need justice and for to hear sam's heart and tear fund's heart behind being able to stand in the gap and support those in need and the issues that need attention oh my gosh what a Mm. partnership it's just so cool that we can partner up with them and do something like cleaning up the oceans that's awesome and helping the environment it's awesome. I have to say I feel slightly silly at the start of the podcast because I thought it was just about rubbish and trees which is unreal um, but man it's so sick to uh, see how deep it goes into all those justice and social issues um, so yeah and so much to learn man like mm. so much wisdom in that bloke and that mm. human um, yeah. So if you guys want to know more too, and Sam was adamant about it after we stopped recording, like seriously hit him up um, at tfund.org.au. <laughs> we'll put his emails and the Tfund website in the notes. So go check that out. Uh, remember to pray for him, him and Cheryl and um, mm. Tfund and all the work they're doing. Yeah. So good. Well, bro, we'll see you on the <laughs> yeah. next one. We're gonna we're going on a trip soon, you baby. Know, we're well <laughs> we are going to. Going to roadie with sea salt and we're going to be filming a few potties here and there, but bro, keen for the Dude. next one. Privilege as always. Thanks for listening, legends. I mean, thanks for the listening, Yee-hoo. frothers. Weapons. Weapons. <laughs> <laughs> <Nuts>. <laughs>